And welcome back to the For Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Argy, and I'm here with... <gasps> Chris Lucky. And... Robert Iano. Robert Iano. You may know him. I think we've talked about him before. A little bit, show, yeah. The Empire Geeks Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been uh, podcast buddies for like a couple months now, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, turns out he do a podcast that we met him through Daniela, who mm-hmm. was here in episode like 28, I think. Mm. And today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, so mm-hmm. we thought we'd bring him in. Indeed. Yeah. So thank you for coming, Rob. Well, thank you for having me. I hope to have you guys on our show soon. Let Absolutely. Us, we would love that. Let us know a little about your podcast. So the the Empire Geeks Back is a podcast that sort of springboarded off of a Facebook group that I started with the same name. Mm-hmm. The uh, It was meant to be a community because I don't know if you guys are part of Facebook mm-hmm. groups online. There's a lot of douchebags out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people who don't understand, mm-hmm. it's... It's fucking, can I cuss? Yeah, yeah it's, fucking, it's, it's fucking Facebook. Yeah. He said nigger cunt in an episode. <laughs> oh, times. yeah. So they, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's fucking Facebook. Chill yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. I yeah. mean, I understand their rules, guidelines. I get it, but Take it easy, we're, we're, all, we're all fanboys, fangirls. We're trying yeah. to just have a good time. Yeah. So I basically decided to make my own. And listening to other podcasts, um, you know, uh, ones that people may have heard of, The Weekly Planet, Fat Man on Batman, mm-hmm. you right. guys. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've come to realize what people have said, it's like, it's sort of like a therapeutic process. Definitely so. Yeah, and absolutely. as someone who oh, yeah. struggles with anxiety pretty much my entire life, yep. I found that, yeah, it works out really well. Sure so does. It's like, let me try it. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Maybe somebody will care. Maybe people don't care. Yeah. People seem to care. So, you know, yeah, we're rolling with it. Nice. What do you guys generally cover? Uh, really just all geek nerd topics. Nice. Uh, every, every week it's a little different. This mm-hmm. week, you know. As we're going to discuss today, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, we, yeah. we did our Guardians of the Galaxy 2 review. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, the episode, we did uh, iconic video game theme songs, like nice. certain songs from games nice. that stand out. But everything from comics, games, movies, TV, toys, if it's something in the geek world that might be new or hell, even might be nostalgic because we love nostalgia on the show, uh, that's what we do. Could uh, I throw out some uh, video game theme songs and see if you could identify those? Sure. I'll give you one quick one. Very good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm curious that the Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater theme made it into it that did list. Not. It did but, not. But uh, a lot of the episodes we do are sort of like test episodes. Sort of mm-hmm. like, let's see how well it's responded. If it gets a good response, then we'll revisit it. Later Several on. episodes down the road yeah. with new music. Like I think the four songs that I picked personally were Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. um, so the good. Halo main theme. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. Uh, I want to say the Zelda Overworld theme, just the main Overworld, yep. and then the last one was from Sonic Adventure to the City Escape theme. Escape from the city. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, Escape from the city. I don't recall that, that one. That was that was like. That was like GameCube, right? Uh, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, got a, got reported a couple times. That was my favorite Sonic game. People oh, nice. say it's garbage, but it's uh, that game is so much fun. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you were talking about we were, before we started recording. We were talking about the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm holding uh, Sage's fidget cube. Yeah. Because I went to feed his dogs and it was on the table and I just grabbed it. Yeah. And I just started fidgeting with it and yeah. then I left the house and I never brought it back. Yeah. <laughs> and these things are fucking amazing. Hell yeah, they are. Fidget cubes are like the best thing that have happened. As like as a 
as a person with anxiety, you, like, can you just hear that click? Just hear that. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> ah, oh, oh, so you know, satisfying. And it's it's funny to be, too because that reminds me of being a kid. I don't know if you guys ever did this, but we used to do something similar with Snapple caps. Yeah. What is <laughs> that? Oh, just the Snapple bottles just click them over and over just to drive teachers nuts. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like I was in the because I I I went to watch Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday with my friends from the Art Institute. Nice. And lost my keys in the movie theater. Yikes. They just fell out of my pocket. Yeah. And I was ready to leave, and then I walked in, and the movie had just fucking started. Mm. Uh, the next showing. So I had to wait for another two hours for the movie, the next showing to start. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. No. All right. So the movie the movie ended. You yeah. walked out, walked into the daylight, and then you got to the car. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have my keys. You know, yeah. so then it you, was nighttime. Well, no, okay, nighttime. Yeah. Then you go back to the theater, and then you're like, all right, this is the theater that I left. I know where I sat. But instead of interrupting That's the thing. The people, I, wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure where I sat. So like in order for what kind of, of drugs were you on while like, you watched? What, you mean, what kind of drugs? <laughs> you don't remember where you sat fifteen that, minutes prior. I knew that. No, well, well we <laughs> yeah. walked. We walked out of the movie, yeah. and it was me, Jordan, and Kazari, uh, and Tay. Yeah. And so we were talking shit for like a, like an extra 40, 30 minutes. Mm. And the next show had already started. So like by the time that I got back, I'm like, ah, fuck, where did we sit? Mm. All the shares look the same, man. All right. I mean, they're, they're only like, like 15 rows. But. I remember the general area, but I, I don't remember. I'm not fucking Rain Man. I sat in seat A, A and I don't F. think it takes Rain Man, yeah. but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, yeah. to finish my story yes, without yes. being fucking judged. Yes, as you were. I fucking goddamn it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking walked out of the theater. I came back a half an hour later. And yeah. I saw, like, my keys are in the, in the thing. Yeah. And I walked in, and the movie had already started, and there's people. And I'm, like, fidgeting like crazy. If I wasn't for this Cube, I probably would have lost my mind yeah. and freaked out a bit. So I'm just like clicking buttons. I'm walking to the movie theater going like, yeah. just clicking anxiously. And I walk to my general seat where they're at and there's like this cute blonde girl oh, nice. who's just trying to enjoy the fucking movie. Yeah. And next to her sits down this like brown, anxious, sweaty man. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen my, have you seen Keys? Have you seen a set of Keys? Yeah. And she just looked fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl, she was just like, I, I don't know, what are you talking about? Get away from me. Yeah. So I left. Without the keys? Without the keys, I couldn't find them in time. Like I, oh. I did a spin around on the on the road, but I couldn't find them with the movie playing and the the people there. It's just yeah. too much too much going on. She so. just walked down the road, reaching in a couple of just looking for keys, just looking for keys, <laughs> all the way down. Yeah. And uh like I, the point is we I went we went to a bar called yeah. the Corner Bar, which is a great bar if nice. you're looking. And then I, I I ate ate a pork belly sandwich. Nice, that I love pork neat. belly. Mm-hmm. It's fucking delicious. Oh yeah. Pork did you put any sauce it. on it at all? It it already came with like a honey sweet barbecue oh, sauce. Yeah, it did. Like, oh yeah, did. Have God. you had pork belly before? I have not. That shit is delicious. Yes. If they do not. it right, it's like just like warm gelled fat running that yeah. shit. Mm, meat in uh, my mouth. Yes. <laughs> Melts it. no, like butter. It's so good. So I did that. Went back to the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in time for the end of the fucking movie again. Yeah. Saw the after credit scene two times. Yep. And then I found my keys. All right. And if it wasn't for this fucking little clicky thing, yeah. I would have lost my goddamn mind and screamed at some people. At least yeah. there should be no question yeah. about remembering the after credit scenes at this point. There yeah. should be none yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> um, but I had a good time. Uh, but fidget cubes are, are like an amazing little thing. And mm-hmm. if you have anything that remotely resembles anxiety, you should get one. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that works better than my, uh, I use a rubber band a lot of times, yeah. if you'll see me with that, and I'll snap myself with that shit. I, I'm not even using it for smoking, because I'm going to continue smoking. But what I don't <laughs> want to continue is just being anxious in certain situations. The other thing I'll do is just bite inside of, inside of my lip. So I, I did look, that too. So I look kind of odd when people are just looking at me like, 
It's like, the, the, you know, it's like, what the fuck is up with this guy? But yeah, it's just whatever we got to do to uh, to get through the day, man. You know, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. a hell of a thing. Yeah. But the reason I brought it up, we were talking about it, and we were talking about the process of podcasting. We've never had a, another person that does a podcast too in the show. Yeah, that's so yeah. this is this is exciting. We're talking about the podcasting. Yeah, I'm the first. Yeah, <laughs> you're first, right? Oh yeah. And uh, like we were talking about how cathartic the whole experience mm-hmm. of podcasting is, and everything that's been sort of like every every time that we do it. You, sort of store an enormous amount of energy during the week mm. and then you just like Bleh! well it's yeah. also nice to just be able to just kind of say your bullshit yeah. right. and know that there are others who are listening to your bullshit mm-hmm. and like oh okay either they like me or they can relate in somehow yeah. right which is kind of cool yeah that's it, and that's exactly what we do. And so I, I just want to say I love podcasting and I love everyone that listens it's pretty badass yeah. because it. it's pretty neat okay. you, pe- you people are why we do what we do right what do you mean you people <laughs> The people who listen. <laughs> Don't put me in a spot, man. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> okay, um, I, I've still been watching Fargo this week. I finished season oh, yeah. two. Um, that's a great show. Like, the Corn Brothers, they're they're doing their thing. Like, you can see their fingerprint. Like, they're not directly involved in the day-to-day of Fargo season right? one. Yeah, they're executive producers. So they're not, like, day-to-day on the show, but you can see their fingerprints all over it. Like, I mean, we, we did uh, Big Lebowski episodes. Right. Some of the same songs you'll see in Big Lebowski you'll see in the Fargo television show. Nice. I mean, it's, it's a really good cinematography is a1 lighting is a1 editing's great i mean it's a good show i really want to give that a go i've been oh, yeah. watching uh californication with, oh like, i love californication what season I, are you on uh i'm, I'm just started again because i started the, i started the show and i was just it was just too cringy you got to the point where he fucked the girl uh he fucked a lot of girls no 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 no. The, not woman though the, oh oh yeah that's happens in the first episode that's oh that's season one yeah that's okay, okay, one. okay that's okay. the first episode okay yeah, sex with a 16 year old <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what the book. Yeah, and then he writes the book. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I made it like halfway through season one, mm-hmm. and then I just—it's one of those shows. Have you ever seen like Louis C.K. show? Uh, like, that? L- like episodes here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so cringy that you watch and it's you're just like, the, I did the not dark humor, good. right? It's yeah. like, I did not feel good about that. Uh, uh, what I saw at mm-hmm. all—it made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I I used to have the problem with Californication and Louis C.K. show. Yeah. And I've sort of gained a little bit more confidence now, just because mm-hmm. things are looking good. Yeah. And uh, I started rewatching, and that's fucking funny. Nice, it's hilarious. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> that guy's freaking awesome. Fucking, it's like having sex with a sixteen-year-old girl, and she punches him in the eye, right in the, the face, fucking, and she's yep. like, "Jeez, yeah. all right." Oh yeah. Uh, so like I've been watching Californication. He's a uh, he's a novelist in the television show, mm-hmm. so he gets to uh, follow along rock stars or just anybody that's in the scene, you know, in Hollywood. So the show, you get to see him doing lots of drugs, lots of <laughs> sex. I mean, it's it's intense. It's yeah, really good. David Duchovny, oh, right yeah. after the X Files. That, yeah. that was a great time. That's what I've been watching most of the time. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Rob? What have you been watching? Uh, shit. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> I mean, I watch a lot of stuff. I try to keep myself entertained as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd really dig. Uh, comedic sitcom type stuff so nice. like, I've watched I can't even tell you how many times I've watched Parks and Rec over and over again every episode love new girl every episode uh, who's that girl it's just I've been singing that song on this show how many times have I sung that song on this show at least a dozen uh, so many times every time I get looked at weird as shit because <laughs> nobody watches the show that show's amazing yes who's your favorite character uh, probably Nick Nick is good. Nick, Nick, Nick is nice. Jake Johnson. Nick, I feel like I can relate with him the most. Yeah. But then, uh, being from Long Island, I really I love Schmidt. That's my favorite. Um, Schmidt is my favorite. Yeah. But Winnie the Bish, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> Winnie the Bish, I gotta give some love for him because yeah. he's just amazing. I'm really everybody in that show. It's hard to really just cornerstone like one character. Yeah. Because they're all great. Um, they work really well. It's I heard that they may just be getting one more season, mm. which sucks. I'm ready for them to go. I love it, yeah, but at the same time, like oh, 
I need certain things to happen closure wise before like they bring it to a close. So like a... obviously, uh, Nick and Jess need to get back together permanently somehow. I don't want that, but all right, let's keep going. Um, well, have you guys seen the end of this last? No, season? no, no. I haven't seen the end of this last okay. season. I will not spoil anything. Certain characters need to continue to do how it, you know, fix things how it ended. Let's just put it that all way, because right, right. uh, I really don't want to spoil anything Good. for you. Thank you. Cool. Um. But yeah, just you know, essentially, just give a sense of closure to the whole thing. It, right. I don't want it to be like other shows where you've invested so much time in it, and then it gets to the end, and you're like, "That's it." Yeah, like that's how it ends. Yeah. Like I, I, I hate shows like that. But in the meantime, I'm you know, I just try to keep myself busy. I have gotten into, or at least try, I'm trying to get into, into the Badlands. Mm. I've, I've seen, I've seen about that. I haven't seen that. I've seen a couple episodes of it so far. Not a lot, but it's like futuristic, post-apocalyptic world. Where it's sort of steampunk ish, but not really, and it's just like hmm. kung fu oh. the entire movie. Whoa. It's awesome. So like, if you've watched Iron Fist and you're like, oh man, where's the, where's where's the martial arts? Yeah, watch Into the Badlands. You will <laughs> get it. I mean, it's just like kung fu ninjas, martial arts everywhere, and it's it's you can tell it's by people who are actual martial artists mm-hmm. and have gone through the through the choreography of it because it reminds me of. When you guys were talking about um, your Pulp Fiction episode, it made mm-hmm. me think of Kill Bill. So it was like, oh, yeah. it's very, I don't know, it, it's pulpy almost. Like mm-hmm. you get you get that feel of the yeah. old, older, like Bruce Lee or, you know, Japanese Has movies. a little bit of like nostalgia. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned uh, Iron Fist. I'm curious because you're, you're into the, the superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. What what you think about Iron Fist? Uh, it was not my favorite. Um, right, it was mm-hmm. probably the weakest of the Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, and it's like other people that I've heard reviews on as well, and I agree completely, a lot of time spent time in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about a kung fu master with a glowing fist that can punch through fucking anything. I want to see that yeah. constantly. Why am I not seeing that? It, it's just, it was a lot of chit-chat when it didn't need to be. And right. I think one of the mistakes that while I do love the Marvel Netflix shows, I yeah. think one of their biggest downfalls of all of them mm. is that they're too many episodes. I think so thirteen too. is mm. too many. I think for mm. for Daredevil it worked, for Jessica Jones it worked, but for Luke Cage, I'm gonna yeah. Well, yeah. so two out of half of them, you think? Yeah, I think I think it works half the time because like I mm. liked it in Jessica Jones because I got a lot of buildup for the the psyche of Jessica mm-hmm. Jones. And I enjoyed that. I liked it for Daredevil because I mm. wanted to explore Hell's Kitchen. Season one lot. that worked for me. Season, yeah, season two one. was season two way too long. Um, but like Luke Cage, uh, it was like right on the line for me. If it mm. being like, if it had been two more episodes, I would have been like, that's too, way too long. See, and I think they could be edited down to just ten to eleven. I don't think they yeah. need to they be. Could. Pretty. I'm not saying that like chop it in half and get rid of it, but it's yeah. just because in every it. in every series, there's at least two episodes where it's just like I feel like they just wrote it for filler. Okay, right. it doesn't have anything to really do with the story, and mm-hmm. you can just do without it. And I think they kind of learned their lesson because when Defenders comes out, mm. this. August? Yeah, this it's August. Summer. It's like 10 episodes, isn't it? Eight, Eight. actually. Wow, really? Believe wow. it or not, yeah. Uh, that And so that may hurt it, but I don't know. That might work out. So we'll I, I don't need 13 episodes with four characters that I already have an entire series exactly. on. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I think so. I think that's part of the that's part of the problem with the economy because Daredevil season one worked because I was the first one so mm-hmm. we were just kind of curious yep. about what's happening and Jessica Jones worked because we were kind of like all right it's getting a little long but we can forgive it because mm-hmm. we're also curious about what you're doing with these characters so yeah. by the time Luke Cage comes around we're like all right start trimming down the fat yep. mm-hmm. we want to get to the to the action yep. and, and and to be fair I think Luke Cage handled like its story very concisely except oh, yeah. for like one or two episodes Luke Cage was genius because they. 
every episode was a soundtrack. Essentially. Oh yes, definitely. Every time they had an artist show up in um, Cottonmouth's club, mm-hmm. the song they sung each episode sort of, whether directly or indirectly, followed the lyrics of the song they were singing. Yeah. I absolutely love. Favorite example of that is Jadena, um, yes. Mom's Chief. Oh, I had to buy his album just, just after listening to that. Too. It was Same. amazing. <laughs> what was it? What was the song? Long Live the Chief. Right. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, um, I think we're, we're we have we're about time for the intro. We're gonna cut and then we're gonna cut right back and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy uh, one and two. And just talk about this movie. So yeah, yeah. we'll be right back. Scut, <laughs> <laughs> just cut. Exactly. Just cut. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Guardians of the Fucking Galaxy. Yeesh. Uh Second one just came out, and mm. I think we've, we've all seen it already. Yes. You did a review of it on, yes. on the Empire Geeks Back podcast. Mm. It's a review of the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Nice. You can check that out if you want. But before you do that, stick around for this episode. Yeah, do that. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. 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 I just want to explain to you that, oh, for everybody who listens, it's not... When we do reviews, it's not the standard review of like, let's go through the entire movie. Yeah. Right. We like to pick out Easter eggs and like special moments that we think work and don't mm. work, and then right. kind of it's like everybody else kind of does it. We yeah. don't want to do the same thing. That's that's understandable. That's kind of that's kind of my approach with these Marvel movies. Anyway, mm. just kind of like pick out because the movies are going to be in the grand scheme of movie making, mm. they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of filmmaking, they're bound to be at least well made. Mm. They're not bound to be great quality. There, there are exceptions. Yes. Yeah. Suicide Squad was not well made. But, was, but that like, also wasn't that's Marvel. Not, but that's a Marvel. Oh, well, you're right. That's DC. I'm you're right. Marvel, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, like Marvel movies, even if I don't enjoy the movie, on the grand scheme of things, they're technically well made. I agree. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, agree. Yeah. I agree completely. Because yeah. Apocalypse wasn't good, but it was well made. Like, that was also Marvel. Fox. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Fox. Not that's not that. Marvel. Yeah. yeah. I'll t- my example would be, I'd say, um, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, I'd say, is the weakest of the Marvel films, in my opinion, but it's it's not something that I wouldn't watch again. I'd still watch it again. That's that's how I feel about the second Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like so yeah like even the weakest Marvel movies are kind of like ah it's a Marvel movie that makes sense yeah it's yeah. not horrible it doesn't make you want to scream for your money back right yeah true um, <laughs> but uh, what the fuck was I saying I forgot what I was saying Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Jesus uh, so like on that like I like to do that for this movie it's kind of like all right I want to see how they handle humor and yeah. how they handle the character interactions mm-hmm. that's kind of what what I look at when I when I go to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting funny character interactions mm-hmm. and like really dope ass set pieces. That's yeah. what I'm expecting when I watch it. Oh yeah. And this movie delivered on them. Guardians of the Galaxy Two delivered on a lot of that, mm. but I had a lot of problems with the movie. All right. Really. Yeah. Let's do the rundown here before we yes, get into that. Yeah. All right. First, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. Um, that came. That was a PG-13 movie, two-hour movie, listed as an action-adventure sci-fi movie, released in 2014. Had a 91% fresh from Rotten Tomatoes. The writer-director was James Gunn. Uh, started started the same cast as the sequel. Uh, pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, uh, Michael Roker. Can you say Bautista again? Bautista? Isn't it Dave Bautista? I don't know. It's just, I think it just says Bautista. All right. Yeah. It's like, That's how he was in wrestling. Yeah. Sorry, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, there's no L in the spelling either, so I don't know. All right. You're good. All right. You're goddamn right I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, the rundown on the, the first one is a brass space adventurer, Peter Quill, finds himself hunted by relentless bounty hunters after he steals an orb uh, coveted by Ronan, a powerful villain. To evade Ronan, Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with four desperate misfits, gun-toting Rocket Raccoon, tree-like Groot, uh, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, and uh, when he discovers the orb's true power of uh, the cosmics, there is a threat and Quill must rally the ragtag group to save the universe. 
Force. So that is the first one that we got, and that one opened up in uh, 1988. It was you, a you very know what first my biggest problem with that description is? You have the problem with every description. Says, None of them are good. It says to save the universe, yeah. and it's Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. Galaxy, not the universe. Say Guardians God of the Galaxy. galaxy in that yeah. description. Not Guardians of the Universe. No. <laughs> Just the <laughs> galaxy. <up>. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. So this, this movie opens in, uh, in 1988. We see this in the United States, 1988, and uh, they're inside of a hospital. His mother is about to die, and uh, he's by the bedside, and uh, he gets the first volume of... Uh, what is it? Super yeah. Awesome Mix? What is it called? Awesome, awesome Mix, mix Volume he, 1. He, he, or he had the first one. Mm-hmm. He was and listening mother, to it. Oh, he was listening to the first one. He was listening to it. Actually, he's one. in the waiting room. And uh, the second one is what he gets as, as a uh, gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's the one we hear in the... In the, in the, in the correct. Yes, yeah. yes. The soundtrack to the first movie. It was amazing. What do you guys think about that? I loved it. I, that was fucking awesome, right? I was really disappointed with the soundtrack on the second one mm-hmm. because the soundtrack from the first one was so engaging and good. James Gunn said yeah. no one made any input at all to those soundtracks. He picked all the first ones and all the second ones, but I enjoyed the first one a lot more. The, the first one was just like engaging with the story, and I think it had to do with the fact that we were expecting... My problem with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is that because the first one was such a good hit, Mm. We were expecting things that the first one had already done. What did the first one do? We don't uh, know about the first one yet. Okay. First, like, <laughs> like introducing the, the kick-ass, amazing soundtrack. Yes. That it's sort of engaging, engages you with the fun of the movie. Yes. The soundtrack, when, when Hooked on a Feeling comes on. Ah, well, I think what big. worked with that was the trailer. It right. worked so well, yep. beat for beat, in the trailer that immediately you were hooked. You were yes. in. I'm like, exactly. I'm dialed in. I'm for it. Yep. I went into the soundtrack the same way I went into the movie in that I knew, or at least in my head, I processed the second one might not be the first one. So I kind of went into it with a different mentality. Now, while I agree with both of you that Mm -hmm. I don't think the second movie soundtrack is as strong as the first one, Mm -hmm. I... I bought it actually the other day, listened to it beginning to end, and it is still really good. Yeah, but I think really I think I'm riding the first one on such a high note yeah. that it's just hard for the second one to catch up. Well, yep, so. and, and that's what that's what I mean by by saying that the first one being such a good hit caused mm. a problem for the, the second movie soundtrack. Because the first one works so well and in, at least in a Marvel movie, we haven't mm. really seen a soundtrack be sort of like infused mm-hmm. with the movie yeah. that well. Oh, yeah. Uh so like like when Hooked and a Feeling came when you were on the siege, you were immediately like, All right. I know what this, the tone of this movie is going to be. I know what's going to happen. I know mm-hmm. the trailer told me this movie was going to be fun, and this opening sequence tells me that it's going to be just as fun. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so you're immediately hooked in, and like the, the soundtrack for the first movie never really mm-hmm. goes down from that level. Mm-hmm. So I'll, agree, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like the soundtrack for the second movie was a little bit, even though like the songs were good, they weren't played for the same effect that they were played in the first one. Mm-hmm. They were a little less underwhelming. They were a little bit more in the background. And I, I, and I think maybe it'll hit hit different notes with different people because I'm not gonna lie. When I heard Parliament Flashlight head on, I was Flashlight. like, I was jamming yeah. to that. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And there were a couple times in the movie with, where a song came up, and I was just like, fuck yeah, this movie's amazing. Yeah. Father and Son came up in the in the last shot of the second movie. Mm. That was a, that was an amazing song. Yeah. That came up. The brandy, the the surrender came on. So like, mm. like still a very solid soundtrack. But for me, the first soundtrack. Is the one that like nailed the tone of the movie, oh, yeah. infused the movie with the fun that it should have had from the very beginning, and that's yeah. why the first movie works so well with the soundtrack. Now, I want to, I will, I want to bring up the soundtracks again later, oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. of something that happens in the second movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, James Gunn still, in, he's going to be in charge of directing and writing Volume Three yes, as well. He, he already said he's coming back, yep. so it'll be curious 
to see what the soundtrack will be for that yeah. one. So just a quick run through, and y'all can fill in any pieces if yeah. you want. Uh, Peter, we get introduced to Peter Quill in the first movie. He meets his ragtag uh, group of friends. Uh, they become the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's an Infinity Stone out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we see what happens when a regular human touches an Infinity Stone. Regular human blows the fuck up. Uh, by the end of the movie, um, uh, Peter Quill touches the Infinity Stone. His body starts glowing. He needs the help from all of his friends. They all come together, and they're able to um, to basically like, control the field. Disperse the, the energy between yeah. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, by between movies there's word throughout the galaxy that there's a human type person that was able to uh, to touch an infinity stone and not die right. alright Guardians of the Galaxy 1 <laughs> anybody have any input um, in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 before we well, finish that yeah the, I think and, and this, this when we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 I'm also going to bring this up mm-hmm. and I think that in terms of how the writing was handled in Guardians 1 mm-hmm. I think it was absolutely genius because you have you have a cast of misfits in the yeah. plot you have Casa Memphis that's brought in by this sort of super external device. It's a very mm-hmm. common plot, mm-hmm. but it, it took all the tropes that we had seen from previous Marvel movies up to that point, yeah. and then it just decided to play them for comedy instead of trying to play them for drama. Mm-hmm. So, like, every time someone said, like, oh, like, when someone would brag about their name, yeah. I'm Iron Man. It was like, I'm Star-Lord. Dude. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, what does it matter? So, like, they, they played stuff like that for comedy and, and kind of twisted our expectations a bit. Mm-hmm. And I loved that about the first movie because there wasn't a scene that was meant to be funny that didn't land for me in the first movie. Mm. The first movie, all the comedy landed amazingly well. Okay. Because of that, because we had these characters sort of like, you knew what the, the plot would be or you knew what the dynamic would be, mm-hmm. but it was fun to see that in a, expressed in a mode of superhero. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Marvel, grand, the grand scale of Marvel, it was just fun to see that. Yeah. Because we had been so tired. Guardians of the Galaxy was refreshing. Yes. Com- when, uh, in a time where all the Marvel movies were starting to be like, Ugh, Yeah, Marvel. we didn't have Deadpool at the time. Right, we just yeah. had a bunch of shit Marvel. So, Guardians mm. of the Galaxy was amazingly refreshing yes, for it me was. as a movie, and that's why I loved. Yes. And even though the plot's not amazing, the plot's not super complicated. No. It was just, it was just a really fun movie that was really well made with really good soundtrack, mm. with really good writing and really good editing, except for some of the action pieces. Mm. I think so. Like Guardians of the Galaxy for me nailed how to be a good Marvel movie mm-hmm. before, like you know, in its small scale, five characters. Boom, boom, boom. Hit everything that's got to go mm-hmm. and get the fuck out. Oh, yeah. It was economical. It was funny and it was good. It was? Yeah. What would you give it at a scale of 1 to 10? The first I'm, one. I think I'm going to give a 7.5. For the first Guardians? Yep. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> 7.5. They go, whoa, whoa, wait till we get to the Guardians 2 then. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about you, Rob? Would you we have anything else to say about Guardians 1? The thing about any, any comic book movie I go in to see, it's hard for me to really go into it because I go into it with two separate mindsets. Mm-hmm. I go with one mindset as the movie lover that has right. watched movies his entire life, yeah. picked them apart and everything like that. And then I go into it as the comic book fan because mm-hmm. I've been collecting comics since I was a kid. Yeah. So it's looking for that comic accuracy, but also understanding, yeah, it's More a entertaining. Movie. They, yeah. they gotta, they have to make certain changes, changes to mm-hmm. it to make it work. And yep. I get that. Yep. I think what I loved about Guardians of the Galaxy is number one, I went into it without any expectations. Same. Same. Yeah. Did you Did you know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy beforehand? I do. I like. Okay. I did. I knew who the characters were in mm. the sense of like I knew who their names were. I yeah. knew what they looked like. Mm. I knew the team formation, which is actually the second Guardians of the Galaxy team mm. from comics, is what they were. Okay. In this, which I'll reference also in the second movie because the first team shows up. Yeah. Actually, mm. um, and. Uh, so that that aspect, it was cool and everything. It was cool to watch that. What I really loved about it is that while you guys said, yeah, they're all misfits, mm-hmm. but they all have tragic backstories. Definitely. And I think that's what 
kind of it, it lets you connect with them, even if it's a if it's a fucking cybernetic raccoon or a, or a tree monster or anything. You still they give they give you a way to connect with all of them. Peter, who has been kidnapped from his home planet on Earth after his mother dies of brain cancer, uh, Rocket, who was. It's assumed he was a raccoon, even though he says he's, he's not. He said he's not. Um, <laughs> he's like a raccoon. Who has been literally ripped apart and put back together yeah. so many times with cybernetic parts, tortured essentially his entire life. Yeah. Groot, the last of his kind. Mm-hmm. Drax, who lost his family to Thanos. Yeah. Gamora, who also was kidnapped by Thanos as a child and raised to be a warrior. This, or warrior like the, mm-hmm. She's actually known as in the comics the uh, universe's deadliest woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have to bring these people together because understanding that, like, yeah, we're all fuck ups, mm-hmm. but we need to get together for the greater good. Yeah. I think that gives it a stronger impact the, throughout the, first the entire one, movie. For the first yeah. one, correct. The the second one, you had those exact same backstories, but it was too much in each fucking character for me. Like, I understand Chris Pratt, well, Star Lord's backstory, Gamora's backstory, Drax's backstory, Rocket's backstory, but we went through every single person's backstory not so much in the flashbacks but we had to know the depth of every single character and the only one that I was even involved in really was uh, Gamora and her sister mm-hmm. you know, really that's, that's the one that I hate the most I mean that's the only yeah. that one that I was really involved in the uh, the Star-Lord and his father did not was not invested hardcore into that relationship but everybody did have a backstory which made the first Guardians great you know for me what, what would you give Guardians the first one out of 1 to 10 if I had to put it like on a scale now I will narrow my scale down to like just like comic book movies. Yeah. I'd give it a nine, actually. Out of yeah. out of any movie, out of movies. Yeah, if we're talking yeah. about just, uh, just comic just book like movies. comic book movies, no, no, like, no. out of all movies, movies, movie. It's a movie. They released it as a movie. <laughs> Eight point five. Eight point five. Does yeah. your seven point five stand as a movie? Me? Yes. Uh, I think it stands. My seven point five as a movie. As stands. a movie, okay. As a comic book movie, I have to go to Rob's nine score. No, just just as, as a movie. movie. But as a movie, seven point five stands. 9.0 for me as a as a movie, right. Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. All right, we are done with the original. Unless anybody has any. Uh, no, because all, all the pro, all the things that I have to say about the Guardians of the Galaxy two mm. are a direct comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy one. Yeah, yeah, cool, good. All right, let's get it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, PG-13, two-hour and 16-minute runtime, an action-adventure science fiction movie that was released May the 5th of 2017, has 81% fresh for Rotten Tomatoes, same writer-director and James Gunn, uh, most of the same stars, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, Michael Roker, uh, Kurt Russell, Mantis and Nebula and Aisha, those are other characters within the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the rundown for this is uh, Peter Quill and his fellow Guardians are hired by a powerful alien race, the Sovereign, to protect their precious batteries from invaders. When it is discovered that Rocket has stolen the items they were sent to guard, the Sovereign dispatched their Armada, what is that, Armada? Yeah, their Armada, uh, to search for vengeance. As the Guardians try to escape, the mystery of Peter's parentage is revealed. That is the rundown for that. I mean, that's an accurate description. Yeah. Accurate-ish. Yeah. It's, it's a Guardians movie, but it's definitely a Peter Quill story, right. I think, yes. throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Which I'm, like, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Like, Peter Quill is definitely, I think that if Chris Pratt, and this is like, the character of Peter Quill works amazingly well in this movie because Chris Pratt's the one playing mm-hmm. him. Like, yes. he's super charismatic, and every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, See, I want to know what Chris Pratt's doing. I want to know what he's up to. Every he's, time the, he's Andy fucking Dwyer. I don't care what he's doing. Yes. He's Andy. Always. 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 So, like, whenever he shows up on screen, I'm, like, really excited because I get to see Peter Quill interact and, like, have fun in the movie. But whenever he's, like, whenever he was off frame, I was, like, 
oh man, I want to put a quill back. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I liked, uh, like in terms of the, my biggest problem with Guardians of the Galaxy Two mm. as a movie mm. is that there's too many cutaways to too many stories happening at once. A lot of uh, stories. Uh, and and that normally wouldn't be a problem if the yeah. movie was another hour long. <laughs> it's freaking two hours and yeah. sixteen minutes long. I was upset. You know that I was upsetting. <laughs> It didn't that feel upsetting. that long to me. It, it, it didn't feel long to me at all. It felt it for me. Like, after the, the first hour, I was sold. I mean, it was cheesy, corny, flashy the first hour, but it was still fun. But after that hour, now I'm really paying attention to what you're doing in this movie. <laughs> you know? So, the, the next hour and 15, I was like, this is good, but I just con- I'm just i constantly comparing it to the original. And I'm seeing the same tropes over and over and over. I don't need to see you... <laughs> I don't see, need to see that arrow stick for 15 minutes again. I've seen it once. Arrow. You can like it, but I've yeah. seen it. Like, what am I gaining from that? That's just... That's, and that's, that's my just, it, it, was just, it was just movie bullshit. Like, I'm not gaining anything from seeing an, a red arrow fly around the screen. I've can, seen it. I can understand that, but I think for me, what I, liked, what I liked about it is the fact that he put in his prototype fin... That and it made dope. it go quicker. That so it was dope. just like whipping around yes. everywhere. Like he's, yep. And that's what, what I liked about it. It was okay. like, sweet. Okay, so he's got an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is doing it, yeah. but it's Just demonstrating different. what it was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different enough. I, I think mm-hmm. my, my biggest problem with the movie, like we got three arrow sequences mm-hmm. where he like really fucked people up with the yeah. arrows. The one that I enjoyed the most were when they were in the, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they were in the escaping the the ship where mm-hmm. after they've been captured with Rocket Raccoon yep. and he's doing it through the wall yep. because of the security. that shit was like dope. Yeah, I enjoy cool. the shit out of that. Yeah. Uh, my my problem with with the the movie is like every time they did it, they they went into this like really stylistic slow mo shots mm. uh, mm. that in Guardians of the Galaxy one mm. showed up three times. In this movie, they showed up three times as much as mm. Guardians of the Galaxy one. Mm. Like, like, there were, like, at least every half hour, there was one slow motion shot that was meant to, like, oh, look at us, we can do cool shit. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, that's fine, but you're adding, every time you do one of those slow motion shots, that's 10 seconds you're adding to a frame that could have been given to 10 seconds to show another part of a story. Mm-hmm. Or, like, whenever a character is talking about his intentions or what he's going to do, like, that when we meet uh, Rocky Balboa, and I'm uh, not Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone, yeah. Uh, and he's talking to Yandu about being deserted. Mm-hmm. That whole scene, the dialogue scene was fine. Yeah. But then they cut away to one of the dudes at a bar, and he's talking about why he followed Yandu and like why he broke the code, and like gives us the whole backstory of the mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, that's four minutes that you could have made into a montage. Well, something like that is, uh, I think that was for the fans. I think that was for the comic fans because mm-hmm. that is sort of in a direct relation to the original Guardians team, which in the comics, Yondu was part of. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Tesla, my girlfriend was geeking out about that. Because, I, I mean, she's into it more than I am. I had no idea who well, he was or why. Uh, I'm, I'm not upset that they put it in there. Mm. I'm upset how they delivered it. Mm. Like, the fact that they delivered in a dialogue, in a stilted mm. dialogue sequence mm. that just had a left-to-right pan. Annoying me. Like, if you're going to waste, if you're going to take, like, make me listen to four minutes of backstory... Mm of something, at least make it engaging for someone that doesn't know who these characters are. Okay. Like, and that was my, my biggest problem with the movie was that it did that five, seven times throughout the movie where mm. people just said what they wanted instead of me being shown what they wanted. Mm. That's a big problem for me because as an audio member, it makes me feel stupid. Mm. And I hate that. Like, yeah. if, if you're going to show me that, that John Doe broke the code, fine, show me that he broke the code. Yeah. Don't tell me in a drunken bar scene. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's that's my biggest problem. I just I just don't think they needed to show it again because no, they showed it in the first one. Yeah, we know he, he They showed him picking up Peter, Peter as a Quill. child. Yeah. So it's like, I think that if they re-showed it, it would be redundant. And while I can understand mm-hmm. your dislike of it, I think it's, it was simpler to just 
sort of say it to remind everyone right. yeah. that's what happened. And, 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 and that's fine. That, that's okay. But I, I, those cutaways really, like every one of those cutaways was five to seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. And, that, and those are five to seven minutes long that could have either been trimmed or could have been added to show something a little bit more interesting than a dialogue scene. Like for, like for the fans, that's totally fine. That bar scene, I just used it as an example. Mm. But like the sovereign lady had like a three-minute dialogue about what she wanted to do. Mm. Uh, fucking uh, Jandu had another like two-and-a-half-minute dialogue about rescuing Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Balboa had his own like minute-and-a-half-minute so <laughs> dialogue about yeah. saying what he wanted to feel. And mm-hmm. then Taserface had his own three-minute dialogue. Taserface and get the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> like entirely. Yeah. But, but – and, and I – Yes, absolutely. But the fact of Rocket ripping on him the entire <laughs> yeah, yeah, time. That's, that's the only thing I got out of that was Rocket. Because I'm like, really, Taser face? Because, I mean, it's, you're purely writing this just for the laugh. Like, it has absolutely. nothing to do with this movie at all. You just, hey, we're inside of a writer's room. What's a shit name that we can get a bunch of laughs out of? Um, Asshat? No, uh, what was it? Taser face. Yeah, that's a good one, <laughs> Taser face. That's terrible. You know, it's just like, I'm just thinking in the writer's room, what the fuck were you thinking? And like, that, just for that joke. And that's, I think that's my biggest problem with the entire movie is mm-hmm. that you can have... The jokes are fine, you know. Yeah, I have no problem enough. with the jokes, mm-hmm. but my problem is, is that you've had these moments that are truly, truly heartfelt, like yes. really just like, like hit home, like certain things, like especially with mm-hmm. myself being a father, mm-hmm. certain things that are going on, and I'm just like, it's really getting me, and it's just like you get the feels, and I can even feel like my eyes start welling up mm-hmm. and everything too, and then it's like jokes and jokes and jokes, yep. and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, yes. You don't need to throw them in exactly. every time to break the tension. Mm-hmm. Here and there is fine, but you can have a. A heartfelt moment and let yes. it be a heartfelt moment. And that's yeah. why Guardians of the Galaxy 1 worked better, better. for me yes. because the comedy was more infused in that heartfelt moment mm-hmm. because the character interactions were better. The, the rules of the comedy in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 mm. were, born, were much better followed than in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. And like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, a lot of the characters outside of the dynamic break the rules of the comedy by trying to be in the dynamic of the Guardians of the Galaxy group. I mean, there's there's uh, two scenes that um, that I could point out that were just awful for me, but set it up to let you know what kind of movie this is now. Mm-hmm. The opening shot, you know, we're waiting for some alien destroyer to come down for them to um, to take care of, and we got Groot uh, dancing around. Baby Groot is dancing <laughs> so around. Amazing. Yeah, like he's dancing and listening to music as all this destruction is going on around him. And then you got Peter, you know, you got Zoe. They're all like, hey, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just farce. It's completely yeah. silly, and it just lets you know what kind of movie this is. We see another scene that is very similar to that when uh, Star-Lord is looking for tape. You know, and he's going back, you have any tape? Oh, no, won't you exit? Wow, all kinds of chaos is going on. Like, you're just writing this for a comedic moment where it doesn't need to be for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. oddly mm-hmm. enough, like, those comedic moments, I enjoyed. But those I are the ones you liked? They, I enjoyed them. Okay. I loved them a lot because they were funny, but I didn't think they should have been in the movie. All right. That's the thing. Like, some of those, some of those jokes, while I laughed and thought they were hilarious, mm. simply should not have been in the movie. Okay. Uh, like the tape bit, that was really funny. But that was not funny. But but, uh, but that's objective. I, I, mean, I, I just like the absurdity <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, that's fine. All right. and, and and I thought it was hilarious, but I thought we could have done without that sure. whole bit, especially because they showed it in the trailer. Well, and one of my worries is because of the trailer, they showed a lot of Baby Groot, and yes. I was just like, he's cute. And he's funny, and that's fine. But please do not let him be the entire movie. He's he the movie. Well, no, he, he kind of is. Uh, he's not. The movie's not about him. No, okay, but but he's, he has. He's and he, has a, he has his moments. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But I'm gl- really glad it's not like every scene. Baby Groot. Baby oh, Groot. No, yeah, baby okay, Groot. Yeah, because yeah. it would have drove me nuts Very to much. have that the whole way through. Same. That would have killed me. Did, did you have? A, did you guys have a favorite character in this particular movie? In, in this movie, I really want to say that, uh, like Star Lord and Rocket. Star and Rocket were, were my 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 go tos. Yeah. But you rock Drax. 
Same. Hands down, Drax in this movie, yes. He was, he, I mean, I'm not going to say he stole the show. For me, he did. But <laughs> he's like, because uh, for me, it was a toss up between him and um, Rocket. Because of what their one liners okay. going back and forth. Mm. But to see how comfortable, as an actor, Dave Batista has gotten from yes. Guardians 1 to Guardians Volume 2. And even with his character, and now granted his character was written to have more lines and everything too, mm-hmm. but you can see like from the first one, he's very like grief stricken. He's like, I need mm-hmm. revenge and yep. everything like this too. Yep. And even as he mentions the second movie, we're a family. Yep. It's like, you can see he found his new family. Right. He still misses his wife and his daughter, but he found a new family and he's been able to just let loose and be himself. And I really love that about yeah. that character. I also really love that. I think I liked that a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy too. Was that sense of progression of time after mm-hmm. the first movie, mm-hmm. like where things happen in between the first movie and the second movie? Mm-hmm. You really felt the presence of that in in Guardians too. In some movies, you have a sequel, and it's been like three years later, and everyone's like, Ugh. "Yeah, I think this one was like a year later." Right. Because like the what I read with the timeline is that this movie is a year later from Guardians, but it's three years before Civil War. When right. is this taking place in two thousand and fourteen? Yes. Okay, because cause, right, cause I'm looking at the timeline. So the first one, like I said, 1988. Then this one, we flashed back to 1980. But then the next shot was th- uh, 34 years later. Correct. You know, so 2014. And in 2014, why does he have a Zoom? The Zoom was you know, a, well, the, okay. The Zoom nope, HD. nope, nope. I had a Zoom in 2002. I had a Zoom HD in 2005. Everybody's not listening to that in the United States in 2014. Okay, so what happens is, is that when he's given it to him, he, he said... We found it on a junker planet. Mm. This is actually going to tie in directly oh, to shit. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because Thor Ragnarok, the, the planet where he ends up on, which it, those who've seen the trailer or not, mm-hmm. he ends up fighting in a gladiatorial arena. Yep. That's the junker planet oh, where yeah. he ends up on. Uh. So that's why even in a scene, you see an Asgardian shooting AK-47s. Because like, how the fuck is an Asgardian going to get AK-47s? Uh. There are portals that dump shit on this planet. And mm. I think that's where they got it from. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. No, like, that makes shit. sense. Yes. I'm, that actually, was awesome. I'm actually okay with that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. No, but I love the two because the, the what he says... Everybody on Earth uses these, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, nobody, on Earth nobody uses, uses those. that shit. But it's just like three hundred songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so that's much. amazing. I oh, missed the yeah. fucking soon. The soon. I, I I was a soon user before iPhone mm. just took it out of the market. Same. Yeah, I love that shit. My brother still has my Zoom. Both of them shits. They still work. <laughs> the only reason I never had a Zoom is because I was gifted an iPod, so it yeah. just happened. It just didn't happen. There was a, another reference that I was really liking between um, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. Um, they're talking about um, some. T- she she makes a reference to. Um, she's like, yeah, the she's trying to compare Baywatch or Knight Rider. <laughs> she's getting both mode. she's getting both of them mixed up. And the whole and the whole David Hasselhoff uh, action there between with uh, Chris Pratt and David Hasselhoff. I mean that was that was fun That for me. David Hasselhoff cameo. That was amazing. Really I wanted a David Hasselhoff song. I wanted him to sing <laughs> it's on the soundtrack. Is it? It's on the soundtrack. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll take that. Was Jeff Goldblum in the trailer for Guardians 2 at some point? I didn't see him. I didn't see him. Because I saw him in the credits. He's in the credits. Huh. And but I, I don't know where he came from. He must, he must have been a scene that got cut. That's yeah. the only thing I can imagine. Because right. hmm. he is in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm assuming okay. I'm assuming it'll be in the special features for a deleted scene. That's okay. the only thing I can think of. Because I saw it even on IMDb's page. Mm. He's listed as a character credit. I'm like, he's not in the movie. Yeah. So it, just, it. it threw me off. Were you guys upset at all that we didn't get more Howard the Duck? No, no, I was fine with it. No. I didn't want it. No. I was even surprised we got what we got. <laughs> I thought we were going to get more since we introduced him at the end of the last movie. You know, so I'm like, okay, we'll get 20 minutes of Howard the Duck. So no, we fun. got the exact same amount of time as we got last movie. And I, I, I kind of like that though because the whole thing with Howard the Duck that was a thing that James Gunn 
just did yeah. because he loves the character yep. and he wanted to see how it was received. Mm. I just like the fact that, that he did it. Yeah. He did it. Number one, <laughs> yeah. he's back. Number two, yeah. and that he also got Seth Green to come back and as the voice. voice again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so sure I'm just did. I'm hearing that and I'm just like that's awesome. That's great. That's really cool how they tied in because there are yeah. other characters he wanted to put in too, but he had to cut yeah. right. for time length. One of them actually, which is in one of the after credit scenes, mm. um, when can I talk yeah, about? Yeah. This? Oh hell yeah! When I when Aisha is sort of kneeling down in front of this giant metal cocoon, mm-hmm. which says, I think I will call him Adam. Adam yeah. It's in reference to a character called Adam Warlock. Yes. Right. Which in the comics, he he and she are actually made at the same time. Mm. He is known as him. Mm-hmm. She is known as her. Mm. Right. And they go into cocoons to evolve. Mm-hmm. And then he renames himself Adam Warlock and mm. she renames herself Aisha. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be for each other. They're sort of like the cosmic Adam and Eve, so okay. to speak. Yeah. So he was actually, because he's referenced... Even in the first movie. Is he? Because when the collector's planet gets destroyed, or when his room gets destroyed, yeah. mm-hmm. in one of the pods, there's a giant standing cocoon. Mm-hmm. And after the destruction, in the, after the end credit scene, when it shows Howard the Duck, that cocoon is knocked it's over not- and, and torn oh, open. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. That's his cocoon. Okay. So it's like all these little nods here and there, because uh, something I read from James Gunn is that Warlock was actually supposed to have a much larger part in Volume 2. Mm-hmm. But he just decided it would be overkill, so he s- decided to save him for Volume 3. So Adam Warlock will be, like, a huge part of Volume Which 3. Which I'm super glad, because part yeah. of my problem with Guardians was that there were too many characters. Mm. Guardians 2? Yeah, Guardians yes. 2. Yeah. Too, way too many. Yes. Like, I-, I wanted either the story... And the story with Peter and his dad was, like, generic. And, you know, you can kind of see the bait and switch coming from, like, Real three quick. hours away. Yes. See, I'm, I, that's, I, normally, I'm able to pick that stuff out, but it, I, I got the, like, he's using him for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the whole... I'm essentially using you as a battery thing. I was like, I did not see that coming. That was that not, was different. Not, not the battery the, thing. Not the specificity yeah, of but it. you knew okay. that it wasn't it wasn't as easy as it seemed. Like, oh, your dad is there. He's powerful. Oh, now you're gonna train under your father. Like that's well, not happening. The dead giveaway was Mantis's reaction when she was just like, I need to tell you something, but I can't. I'm like, mm, this bitch is hiding something. No, the, the dead <laughs> the dead the dead giveaway for me is was it the first? I just I just recently watched the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, this morning, mm-hmm. right before Guardians of the Galaxy two. So I might got to get this mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Yondo is talking to one. One of his uh, henchmen as they're walking back to the ship and he's saying um yeah good it's good that we didn't give him back to his dad like we were supposed to and it was like yeah but that guy's an asshole that was at the end of the first one the first like one, yeah. the very end of the, the very, first, end of the first one. One. Yeah. yeah so it's like that was kind of a hint that your dad isn't what we think he really is you know true but at the same time i didn't necessarily see, it was okay mm-hmm. again this is the comic part of me because <laughs> yeah. right. uh in the comics ego's not his dad mm-hmm. his dad is an alien mm-hmm. from another planet right. but it's not he's not a celestial mm-hmm. so the whole thing, and even how Yondu was portrayed, Yondu was a dick the yeah. entire movie. So even by him, yeah, his dad was a jackass. For me, it was hard to place it because then I'm just like, well, is his dad really a jackass, or are you just being a dick? Oh, uh, you yeah, know. So for me, it was it was harder to to place that. But yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, well, until I didn't, I mean, yeah, it's hard to see what Yondu's motive is and where his allegiances lie because by it's not until the end of the movie that you know how much he really cares about Peter and that he genuinely loves him as part of his family. He's not just some person that he decided not to eat at this point, you know? <laughs> it's somebody that he genuinely loves and cares for. But yeah, we, we didn't really know that by the end of the first movie. No, but uh, like... By the time he met his dad, immediately as a met his dad, I was like, that's not going to be a good mm. thing by mm. the end of the movie. So, like, but I could have handled that bait and switch had it been done a little bit less rushed, mm. I think. Like, I felt like it was rushed compared to what the other characters were doing. Because mm. they wanted to tell Gamora and Nebula's story at the same time. They wanted to, to make a Rocket Raccoon evolve a little by mm. having him hang out with Yondu. Yep. So, like, there were so many cutaways 
that by the the last set piece of the movie where everyone's together, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, wait, 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 wait. What's where's everybody's relationship at this point? I, I feel like their relationships didn't close out yeah. nearly as well as they wanted to by having so many cutaways, mm-hmm. which for me is is a huge problem because the movie is more about the relationships mm-hmm. between this character than any sort of cosmic or like dramatic plot. Yes, that's that's what I was saying. Like the the father son thing did nothing for me. Like the only thing that did it for me was the sister sister. And another thing that I've the women are written very well in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Every single one of these female characters are strong and written so well that I, and I really enjoy it. Uh, Aisha is written very well. Nebula, I believe is her name is pronounced, is written very, very well. Matisse or Mattis, the, uh, the empath. Mantis. Mantis. She's written very well. Like all, all of these characters. And another thing with the, um, one of the, the actresses, the one, the one that played uh, the sister. Um, Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan, yes. She, she was talking about that. Jamie Pond. Yeah, she was she was talking oh, about the uh, the way that uh, women actresses or female actresses are pitted against each other in Hollywood very often, and just showing that parallel in this movie, having the two sisters pitted against each other instead of working with each other, right. and then you see with the conclusion of the movie, instead of fighting against each other, they turn their their anger on the true enemy, their father. Right. Yeah. You know? Which is a direct lead in into Infinity War, which will be coming out. Yes. Yes. In twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, no, that's next year, I think. To be honest, comes out next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we have we have Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Then Spider-Man: Homecoming. Can't wait. Then Black Sorry, Panther. Spider-Man. Yes. And then Infinity War. Sp- okay, so Spider-Man: Homecoming now is a directly related to the cinematic. It's it's mm-hmm. tied in everything. It is okay, they cool. Sony worked out a deal so they he is at least for now until that changes. But <laughs> he is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is great because uh, actually. Iron Man, Tony Stark plays a significant part in that movie. Okay, cool. There there was a thing at the conclusion of this movie that that I've come to terms with. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get my Fantastic Four. And I'm, uh, fi- and I'm fine with that. Because we go- might, though. It is, I mean, it's going to take a while because Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, we have the, the niche, the, the lane that Fantastic Four is going to be filling. You have you have an ensemble group, four people that need each other and fight together, and they're all not super powered up. They need each other to fight and, I mean, as, a, as a group or family type thing. We, we may get it, though. You and think? this is why. Because right. of an appearance of the characters during Stan Lee's cameo, mm-hmm. he's talking to an alien race called the Watchers. The, why, yes. right. the Watchers yep. are part of actually the Fantastic yes. Four universe. Yes. And on top of that... If you say they're in Infinity Wars... Hold on. All right. Uh, On top of that, you know, there was a big discussion (laughs) of deal-making between Marvel and Fox of, like, but nobody knew what the hell was going Mm -hmm. on. Right. Marvel actually had their hand in the Legion TV series. Mm -hmm. It was actually produced by Marvel Studios, not Fox, Mm -hmm. um, even though Fox distributed it. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, why it was such an amazing series. But that's a whole other story. Uh, what series did you say it was? Like? Legion. 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 On FX. It, it's it's fan. It's made by the same guys that made Fargo. Yeah. So okay. it, it it was it's, it's really it's great. good. Yeah. Cool. Um, it gave my love for the X Men back again. Mm. Watching that. But the thing is, is that we don't know who the big bad for Volume Three of Guardians is going to have to be something galactic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Possibly Galactus with Silver Surfer. It could be part of the deal, which is also part of the Fantastic Four universe. Mm-hmm. So it could be a step closer to bringing back, which yeah. I would be all for. I'm, oh I'm my totally god! All I yes. want is have Chris Evans to stick around as Captain America long enough to run into the new Johnny Storm and be like, "You look familiar." Oh, I, just, I just want that moment. That's that it. would be awesome. That would be awesome. So, so in, in in this scenario, is he meeting Michael B. Jordan or is he meeting meeting no, himself? No, something brand new. Oh, like something brand new. I thought he was gonna meet himself. Nothing against Michael B. Jordan, Jordan himself, but that movie was trash, and yes, I want someone brand new. It was bad. It was bad. Yep. 
<laughs> so, that, that would be awesome. I would, I would really love to see Marvel take a hold back. Of, I just want to see. It, it would be amazing to have because they need to keep going against bigger threats, yeah. especially when it's in space. It's, it's, yeah. it's Marvel Star Wars yeah. for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. But now that you say that, that was also a big problem I had in, in Guardians too. Since they had to scale everything, it felt blander mm. and, and more generic. That, I'll agree with that because yeah. that that brain scene where they're all in the center of the mm-hmm. uh, center of the planet or whatever, and they're putting a, a bomb on this fictional brain. Yeah, the, all the CGI and bullshit like that was that was much. Like the last yeah. thirty minutes of the movie is just like I love the set piece of the movie of Peter Quill fighting against that. That was yes. that was mm-hmm. really fun, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite moment in the movie. I, I have another thing after this. Mm-hmm. My favorite moment in the movie is like when the when Kurt Russell crushes his Walkman. Mm-hmm. And then he's like kneeling over after being used as a batter. It's like, you killed my mom and squished my Walkman. Yes. Motherfucker, you're going down. Yes, as if those two things are evil. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That was my favorite moment in the movie for me because yeah. it was like, okay, it was funny, mm-hmm. but it had a reason to yes. be funny. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I, that's a lot of the comedy that was in Guardians 1 that didn't mm-hmm. make it to Guardians 2. Yep. I wanted more of that type mm-hmm. of comedy. Didn't get it nearly as much as I wanted. There was uh, the lines from Batista. He had one line talking about the, uh, the people that dance and people that don't dance mm-hmm. uh, when, he, when he's talking to Peter. <laughs> uh, he had one was like um, he, he, he knew he met his wife because uh, they were playing music and she would never dance. Even if they played the most beautiful music ever, she wouldn't do so much as tap a foot. And he knew one right. could, could, one would assume that she might be dead. <laughs> 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 he was like just completely in love with her from there. I mean, uh, Drax, I, I'm, I love him in this movie. I, lo- I love much. him too. I love yeah. the fact that Dave Bautista, and, and Dave, and he's come out and uh, after Guardians of the Galaxy one, mm. it was like I am so humbled to be this sort of like big persona. So like yeah. Dave Bautista as a person and and as Drax, I yeah. really absolutely. Well, and apparently he's like a champion for like autism. Yeah, really? really. Like a lot of like autistic kids love that character huh. because. Most autistic kids don't the have filters stuff, yeah. for lack, right. for like they just say what they mm-hmm. without knowing the consequences of other people's emotions. Or they yep. can read through the metaphors of other people. Correct. Mm-hmm. So with Drax, they're able to relate to with that because he's the same way. He yeah. like he's like it's like this is I don't understand what's 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 happening. What's happening? across the neck <laughs> means I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like and and that's Drax's and actually now that you mentioned that Drax's comedy. Mm-hmm was the comedy that I was looking for for all the other characters. Oh, yeah. Because it was internalized, and yeah. every time that he had a line that was funny, mm. it had to do with something that was, like, sort of relevant to the plot or mm. something that was relevant to the characters to get more out of the characters. Mm. So, like, Drax, I, now that you say it, Drax was the best sort of, I think, written character mm-hmm. that was yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed Rocket Raccoon's presence just because I love that character. Oh, yeah. Like, Rocket Raccoon's my favorite character from Guardians I f- 1, too. I, I feel like the least... Um, the, well... Zoe Saldana's character Gamora, I don't feel like her character was written that great in the second I movie. No, I don't think so. Either. You know, out of all the characters, like her sister was, but like every other character, but yeah, just Nebula hers, did just, a great job. Nebula yeah. was actually she interesting. did awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, to me, the way I look at it, I feel like I feel like uh, Gamora, Rocket, and Groot kind of sat on the back end of everyone else. Like, you, like more yeah. focus wanted to be put on Mantis, on Nebula, on Ego. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a Peter Quill story, so yeah. you know more of him. Yeah. Uh, with the Nebula thing, exploring more of the relationship between the sisters. Yeah. The other three, it's like they obviously they needed to be there, but it wasn't as it was like they're not that important. Yeah. Like right. they're there, but yeah. they're not that important. Mm-hmm. Which Groot, I understand. 
because uh, he's Baby Groot now. Yeah. Right. Rocket Raccoon, we've heard his story before, so mm. I, I'm okay with him standing on the sidelines. He's yeah. not, he doesn't have that complicated a story. Mm-hmm. No, the only thing, was was that new information at the beginning of this movie when they're saying um, how he's been taken apart and no, put back was, together? The they said, they mentioned the first, first one, one again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, again, it's just a brief little moment yeah. where it's the scene where uh, him and Drax get into a fight in the bar mm. after betting, and he, they're both drunk and everything, and yep. he's just like, I didn't ask to be made this way. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask to get torn apart and put, put back, back together. together so many yeah. times. I don't even know what I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so they just sort of touch on that again. Yeah. And well, I think what the point of that, though, was is that to make that relationship between him and Yondu. Yep. yep. It's like saying, we are the, the same. same person. I feel I you. You're yep. so, I'm someone you can understand. I understand you. Mm-hmm. And then that Which, way he was able to sort of give that closure for Rocket. Yeah. Which is why I liked Rocket Raccoon in this movie. Because mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon wasn't that amazingly important until Yondu shows up. And once they do, you sort of feel him, you sort of see him go a little bit softer around the edges, mm. which I really enjoy because I think I think he's a great character and I kind of want him to be part of the family a lot more. Mm. Uh, so like, but I was fine with Rocket Raccoon taking a sideline for this movie because his story is not that relevant to like the the overarching plot mm-hmm. of this movie. Uh, but Gamora, if you're making a big deal out of their relationship between the sisters. You gotta touch on Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to write Gamora yes. a little bit heavier. Yes. Maybe on par, if because the sister relationship took as much screen time as the dad relationship with mm-hmm. Peter Quill. Oh yeah. So like if you're if you're putting those things equivalent in the amount of runtime in your movie, mm-hmm. they have to be as heavy as mm-hmm. the other. Maybe just a little less heavy, but Gamora. As a character, she felt like she was like seven leagues under Peter Quill in terms of writing. Yes, mm-hmm. she was just there. Yeah, and that was a pr- that was a problem. Yeah. Uh, my other problem is the 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 comedy of the movie broke its own rules. The co- mm. the reason why the first movie is funny is because the comedy is sort of contained within the Guardians mm-hmm. between that group. Yeah. So like their dynamic is one thing, and the world's dynamic is another thing, mm-hmm. and that's where the funny comes. But in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Characters outside of the Guardians dynamic are reacting in the same way that the Guardians would react. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yes. Because then it's no longer funny. Yep. Like the when Taserface calls the gold lady, mm-hmm. Aisha, is that her name? Aisha, yeah. Aisha. Aisha. When she calls her, when he calls her, she laughs at his name Taserface. Yeah. She wouldn't do that. That that like that joke there had no place other yep. than the fact that, oh, we know his name's stupid. Yes. And like that bothered me because it broke the rules of the comedy that mm-hmm. had already been established in the first movie. Very I, good I, point. I agree. It was, un- it was unnecessary. It made me snicker, yeah. but it was unnecessary. Yeah. Right, and that's one of the scenes I was like, okay, that's funny, but it didn't have to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and I I find I found myself saying that a lot in this movie. Like I get it. Didn't have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the I mean, they were reaching. I mean, they even there. did the um, when when he's coming down with the uh, with the arrow. You look like Mary Poppins. As soon as Mary Poppins is he cool? Damn right he was I'm cool. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like that was funny. I, that's one of the things I thought was hilarious. It didn't have to be there, but yeah, it was I funny. I love that. I love the fact that that was. I feel that like funny. well, I think I think Marvel's getting on this sort of trend where they want to sort of like insert little Disney references. Oh, there's a time. lot in this one. But I'm saying every <laughs> every movie they get because I'm uh, even with Age of Ultron, the whole thing of. Uh, uh, I've got no strings to hold me down, and then they play the Pinocchio song yes, in the it, background. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think it's just like, okay, well, Disney owns us. How far can we dip in their pool to like bring those references forward? Right. Did you feel like there, that was a uh, breaking the fourth wall type thing where uh, where Rocket Raccoon says something like, um, "Oh, we're saving the galaxy again. They'll have to pay us more money if we say <laughs> we're saving twice." <laughs> that, I mean, that could have been. That, you know, that very well could have been. Uh, it's hard to say because there's there's a couple of comics in, or a couple of comics. Couple of characters in comics and Marvel specifically that do break the fourth wall. Deadpool mm-hmm. being one of them. Right. Another character which they could still use is She-Hulk. She actually breaks the fourth wall oh, really? a lot, a yeah. lot yeah. in the comics. Sure so is. if they de- 
decide to bring her in, whether it's like a Netflix series or a movie or what, mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to be curious if they're, gonna, if they're going to bring in that fourth wall breaking yeah. in there. I'll be interested to see that because Deadpool did it brilliantly. I yeah. loved it yeah. in Deadpool. Deadpool was, was a pretty amazing movie. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just thought about because the La La Land scene where it was like, are, are they talking directly to us right now? They're <laughs> <laughs> directly to us. But anyway, yeah. And, 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 and those moments, there's inkling to those moments. When they're in the ship, they're mm-hmm. all in the ship, and they're all like, fuck, we're going to die. We've got to figure something out. Yeah. And those moments, you can really see the Guardians of the Galaxy dynamic work. Yep. Because they're arguing with each other. They're bantering. Dave Batista's laughing in the fucking corner. Yeah. I honestly and love that, too, because it, it feels like a family. It right. really yeah. does feel like Because, I mean, everybody... I'm sure everybody in this room, everybody who's listening can mm-hmm. relate to the fact that you've got family members who are just out of their fucking minds. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but, I mean, they're family. In the end, you accept them because they're your family, but yeah. you don't necessarily agree with them. And I think yeah. that's what oh, yeah. this di- the dynamic between them right. shows. There's, there's a line in the movie where um, the sister, she's saying, you guys just don't do anything but argue and mm-hmm. fight. You're not friends. It's like, yeah, we're, we're a family. Exactly. Yeah. Which, was, yeah. which made me audibly go like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> no was, there, there was a scene. If I if I was gonna drop a tear in that entire movie, it was the the final the final scene with the fireworks where uh, where, oh, they, where they, they gave sent, him the Ravager funeral. Yes, that, that fucking did it for me. That man. did yeah. it for me, man. Cause like, cause because <laughs> the, it's, the whole the whole movie for me was about family, and even more so than family was about belonging. Exactly, you know, just belonging to something, and and him just like just being cast away from from everyone that he was with, from his family, the only family that he knew, and he was cast away. And Sylvester Stallone even let him know this is the most difficult thing for me to do. I don't want to ostracize you and alienate you and have you away from us. This is tough, but you broke the rules, right. you know. But they still loved him and had so much respect for him that when he died, I think Raccoon changed a little bit by the end of that movie yeah. when he seen that. Well, and I think uh, I think that what that does is that calls back to the. To to the conversation between Yondu and, and Rocket mm-hmm. when they're like, when Yondu's like, you are me. Yes. Like you, and essentially telling him, stop being me. Yeah. Like don't lose the family mm-hmm. that accepts you. I already lost my family. Yep. Do not lose yours. Right. And I think especially when that and Rocket contacts uh, Stakar, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually known as Starhawk, mm-hmm. um, in, in the, and brings all the Ravagers in, he's just like, look, he made amends, yeah. and you gotta you gotta accept you gotta this, it. and yeah. then and that way, Rock is able to understand that it's like, okay, I can still be a dick, but maybe tone it back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and and Peter tells him that too. Well, when he's leaving the ship at one point, it was like, yo, it's like you're not not gonna have any friends. Like you're such an asshole. Are you trying to lose all your friends? Mm-hmm. You know, and at the at the end, of the movie is. Is Rocket Raccoon, is he intentionally leaving Peter there on that ship? Because you see the door on the on the planet, because you see the doors closing, and the person that went back was uh, his father figure or Yandu. whatever. Yeah. Yandu, Yandu went back for him. But was Raccoon just going to leave him? I think I think what it was, because the moment that him and Yandu had that moment, and he's just like, you got to come. Like, even Rocket says, you got to come. He's like, yeah. leave me here. Yeah. Like, I got to stay here. Yeah. And I think in that moment they understood, and he was just like, I'll take care of him. Mm. You get everyone else out of uh, here. Gotcha. So I was I don't think it was so much like, all no. right, leave him behind. It wasn't a selfish thing at that it point. It wasn't a selfish thing. Yeah. It was just like, I'm doing what he asked me to do because yeah. he's going to save Peter no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just you, – because you can still see the regret. He didn't really he didn't want to, do want to go. And, but, and yeah. to the point where he – he stopped because Gomorrah was going to go down and get mm-hmm. yeah. Quill to the point and he where stopped he stuns her. Yeah. And he's just like, I can't lose any more friends. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so you can, by the end of the movie, you can definitely see that he cared yeah. immensely more mm-hmm. about the Guardians and his little crap family. And I think part of his separation, too, is that because in the first movie, he had such a close connection with Groot, and Groot was the one that kept him grounded. Right. Mm-hmm. But baby Groot was just fucking all over the place, yeah. jumping to different people, like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, hey. And he's just kind of like, 
you were, you were my best friend. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And I think he felt a little bit of distance because of that. And that's maybe why he was being acting out. Yeah, acting out and being more of a douchebag to everybody. Yeah. Cool. The, there's there's two more things I want to talk about before we, we, we walk away. One, there were a lot of reference shots. Oh, shit. There were a lot of shots that were purely referential mm-hmm. in, in their cinematic, like how they looked. Yeah. They had the parallax shot from Jaws. They had the vertigo shot with the airplane. Uh, not vertigo. Um, rear window. They had the, what's the rear window? Hitchcock rear window. No, no, North by Northwest. North Sorry, North. the Hitchcock right. North by Northwest. Right. There's a scene where he's being followed by a plane and he mm-hmm. like jumps into a ditch. Yep. Referenced by Gomorra when Nebula's following her down. Yep. Uh, there's the parallax shot when he finds out that uh, Kurt Russell put the tumor in Peter Quill's mom. Yes. Uh, which looked amazing, yeah. by the way. Uh, there's a lot of... I wanted to punch the screen so hard <laughs> during that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, there's the Avenger shot where mm-hmm. like it swoops down in a secular crane motion and stops at the group. That happened. I didn't notice Which that. is funny you even mentioned that because actually the very beginning of the movie, they play a version of the Avengers theme as oh, they're nice. rallying together to fight that space monster oh, that comes out. I didn't yeah. notice that. I didn't notice that either. Hmm. Uh, so like in the Avenger shot, and then, but I, I really hate that shot. I really, really hate the Avenger shot okay. with a passion. I think it's a stupid fucking shot. All right. But in here they played it for comedy because like they pan around and it landed on everybody there and Mantis is like barely on frame mm-hmm. and then she gets hit by a rock. Yeah. Which made me laugh. <laughs> but I hate that fucking shot. Mm. But it was there. So like it, not only like James Gunn is, is an interesting director because mm. he this movie I have a lot of problems with it but I appreciate his craft of filmmaking that he put in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't deny that it's a well-made movie mm-hmm. and that it's a movie made with love and care and it's also referential to cinema history in a way that shows that, listen, I, I know what movies, what good movies look like. Yeah. And I appreciate that immensely out of James Gunn because even if I don't like the movie, yeah. I have to respect the movie on that quality. Yes. And like the writing was funny to some degree. I just, I just really, really, really hoped that it was it was less generic than it was, and that's probably well, his, not his movies kind of have the same feel. Because I don't know if you guys have seen Slither, nope. which is another one of his movies. It, it, it's much more low budget, mm. but it has the same feel. That was the alien that uh, the little slug alien thing right, that yeah. turns into like a, a woman alien and fucks people. It, it's a whole weird. It's, yeah. it's a whole different. It's like they, it sort of splits and multiplies into other ones. Michael Rooker's in that movie as mm. well. Okay. He actually plays the main villain, if if anything, yeah. and like it possesses him. And then, like, takes over his body, and then he starts to mutate. It's sort of like the thing, right? Almost. Uh, and then he impregnates another woman, who then blows up like a balloon, and then she explodes, and then more, more of the slug things goodness. come out, and they try to take over. It's sort of like a hive mind type yeah. thing, and everything. But uh, his the the way he does his movies. If you watch his earlier stuff, mm-hmm. even in Guardians, mm-hmm. he, it's a similar feel right. throughout all of them that he okay. can, that he carries through. See that? Cool. Uh, yeah. I I. Like I, I really enjoyed this movie. I liked, I liked, uh, I liked all the references that it had. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, the dialogue. Whenever Peter Quill talked, mm-hmm. uh, I immediately believed what he was saying. Whenever Rocket Raccoon talked, I also believed what he was saying, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed every time Drax came on screen. Yes, but like anything other than that, I didn't really feel anything for any of the other characters apart from those three, and which was a problem because I love all the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I wish. Like, they broke up the group for about 45 minutes in this movie. And so mm-hmm. it was, like, two people on one side, two people on the other. Yeah. And they, they did that to sort of give each other an opportunity to evolve apart from each other so they could be stronger at the end. Yeah. But what that did is that it broke up the dynamic of the movie. 
Because in the first movie, they're separate and they come together and they're together from the moment that they are stuck to the moment that they realize that they have to be together. Yeah. And that's why that movie worked immensely. Yeah. Everyone's together. In this movie, they did the opposite. Everyone's together, they split apart, and then come together again. Mm -hmm. That moment where they were split apart completely fucked up part of the movie for me because I just wanted to see them interact and be together. Hey. Um, what would you uh, give The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? One out of ten. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Yeah. That, is, that, means, that means that... Uh, Suicide Squad was a full point better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Did I give Suicide Squad six point five? Uh, I believe so. It's six point five or six. But uh, that when you when you said six or six and a half, I remember I was like, okay, Doctor Strange. So you said it's not an abortion, but it's worth seeing. Right. So like, the, so this the, is an abortion. No, no, no. This movie, anything below four for me is kind of like, eh. but five, five, five is fine. Five and a half. Five right. is average. I thought it was an average movie that was done with a lot of love and mm -hmm. had a lot of potential if some things were handled differently. Rob. Um, but I what really did I give did. the first one? Uh, the first one you gave it an 8.5. I'm going to give this one like ugh, a strong 8. Strong 8. Cool. And I'm going to give it 8.2 for me. Nice. Oh, wow. I really hated this movie, apparently. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I, I, my first one was a 9, and then this one's a 9.2. Brian's first movie was a 7.5. This one was a 5.5. Rob's yeah. first one was an 8.5. This one was an 8. So, no, you just don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Is no, what but that's but, but I, I will say, like, yeah. like I, I gave it a 5.5. Yeah. But I enjoyed the movie a lot. All right. I just don't think the quality of the filmmaking and writing... Mm was up to par with the first one. Because right. this movie made me feel like I was stupid at some points. Like, the way I was trying to communicate information mm. made me fucking angry. So right. it's, interesting, it's interesting to hear uh, your guys' takes mm -hmm. from the film side of it. Yeah. Uh, because for me looking at it, it was, while I did certain mm -hmm. elements that did factor into it, yeah. I looked at it as a continuing story of... <laughs> Did it live up to the first one? Trying, trying not to compare it, but I mean, you, right. you can't help but compare yeah. it. Did it live up to it? And yeah, it had its faults, but I felt like it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, it's it, it's too far from the first movie. Yeah. I felt it was fairly close. Yeah. I still think that if you enjoyed Guardians, as a, if Guardians of the Galaxy one, if you enjoyed that movie, yeah, you'll enjoy the second one. Enjoy the second yeah. one. Yeah, sure. Um, but purely like, because I I don't know anything about the comic side of, of the story. I just mm -hmm. know. Guardians as a movie. Yeah. Well, I think what makes Guardians work is that even though it's part of the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. you don't need to necessarily watch the previous Marvel films to enjoy Guardians. You can just watch Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. Right, yeah, you can. Like, you'll get sure more can. references yeah. if you watch the other movies, but you don't need to watch them. Like, right. they kind of stand alone. Which I, I which I really enjoy. Because I so. to watch, like, a third movie, you got to watch, like, seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it. I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a great movie if you enjoy the first one. However, the filmmaking aspect of it left me severely disappointed. But the comic book aspect and the characters mm. were a lot of fun. It was it was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, 8.2, strong, strongly recommended. All right. Cool. Yes. All right, so we will be right back. We're going to cut and then come... Fuck, we're going to cut and then talk about <laughs> television. You know the fucking drill. This is our first song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back. Uh, closing. We're going to do the closing. Closing, yeah. closing time. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got TV and premieres for this week. Uh, so starting with uh, Tuesday, May the 9th, the day that you're listening to this, hopefully the day it's released, is uh, Norm MacDonald's Hitler's Dog Gossip and Trickery. Did you say Hitler's? Hitler's Dog. <laughs> Definitely Hitler. 
It's going to be a, a comedy special from Norm MacDonald. It's called Hitler's Dog, a Gossip and Trickery. It's a comedy special on Netflix Tuesday, May the 9th. Uh, nice. Check that out. Norm MacDonald, he's been in the game for a long time. Very funny comedian if you guys have checked him out. Absolutely. Really cool. Uh, next thing is going to be Master of None, Season oh, 2, shit, Aziz Ansari. <laughs> yes. Finally. You fucks with it? I love that show. Yes. I'll tell you what, that show is... Did you watch uh, Love on Netflix? I've gotten about halfway through. That's really good. That's a good show as well. But yeah, Master of None is coming back for his second season. Aziz Ansari has a great ensemble cast. I love season one. Hopefully season two holds up. Uh, it's going to be back on Friday, May the 12th. It's a comedy and it's going to be on Netflix. Nice. So you can watch that That's this Friday. Uh, it's a short week for movies. We got two movies coming out and... Uh, Wager to say I'm not going to see either of these. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> the first one is going to be uh, Snatched. Uh, Snatched is a 91-minute runtime. has a uh, action comedy. Uh, it's director Jonathan Levine, and it stars Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Uh, the rundown is when her boyfriend dumps her before their exotic vacation, a young woman persuades her ultra-cautious mother to travel with her to paradise with unexpected results. Yeah. That's uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. How do, how do you feel about Schumer, Rob? I can't fucking stand her. <laughs> God damn, she's like I don't. I really don't understand why people think she's funny. I don't get it. I, I've yeah. been I've been on that boat for a long time. Like yeah. I like that she's doing comedy because it yeah. means that woman can do. I mean, comedy. good for her and everything. But, I just she's, uh, yeah. not for me. But I, yeah. she made she made. Uh, I think what turned me off is that she was in one of the roasts of Comedy Central. Yeah, and she made a really really shit comment about Ryan Dunn passing away to Steve-O, Like Ooh. not short, not long after he died. I'm just like, really, dude. Like I understand your shock humor and everything, but come on. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of shitty. I've, I've never liked her stand-up comedy. I love her television show. Season one and two of uh, Inside Amy Schumer. Love that show. It's a good show. I couldn't. I is, couldn't get into it either. It's good, yeah. but, but the her stand-up her stand-up bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I, I try to watch everything and give it a fair shot. And just because everybody's bashing Amy Schumer, I'm not saying her stand-up is bad just because people say it. If everybody's saying it, maybe you know, maybe it's gonna maybe back. maybe it's not great. <laughs> maybe. maybe it's not great. Um, but 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 we don't. But her movie her her movie record is good so far. Her first movie, Trainwreck, I enjoyed that a lot. It made a lot of money, which uh, enabled her to do another follow-up comedy with uh, Goldie Hawn. So. I bet this movie is going to sell so well that she'll do another movie. Regardless right. of how funny she individually is as, as a stand-up, her movie sold, and I wager to say this was going to sell as well. Which mystifies me to what? a degree. That it sells? Yeah. It mystifies me that Goldie Hawn is coming back. What? The, uh, <laughs> and and acting again. She, she uh, Goldie Hawn, she's, yeah. what's the name's uh, mom? Um, shit. Can Kate somebody Hudson. Kate Hudson, there we go. Mm. I, I was going to, Brian, I, I would have named about five white women <laughs> to run and had him list them off. <laughs> <laughs> we got to Goldie Hawn <laughs> just now. I'm pretty good at movie. I'm pretty good at movie trivia. Go, oh, hold on, hold on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Goldie Hawn, uh, the, the she's the mother of who? Kate Hudson. Yes, Goldie Hawn, uh, boyfriend, not husband. Who has she been with for the past twenty to thirty years? Oh, it's uh, Kurt Russell. Ha <laughs> ha! Kurt Russell was in what movie? Guardians hey, it's all back together. All right. <laughs> It's our own little cinematic universe. Turns out Amy Schumer's going to show up in the next Guardians of the Galaxy. She's going to be in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That's what I'm saying. So go check that out, Snatch. It'll be out this weekend when you're here. Uh, the next movie is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. It's a 126-minute runtime, action-adventure, drama, fantasy. Uh, robbed of his birthright, Arthur comes up the hard way in the back alleys of the city. But once he, fought, once he pulls the sword from the stone, he is forced to acknowledge his true legacy, whether he likes it or not. Director Guy Ritchie uh, stars Charlie Hunnam. Ritchie's directing? That's what, yes. You thought it was an abortion when you heard me read that, didn't yeah. you? Because I did too. <laughs> when I read that. And then I seen Guy Ritchie and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? It's like, I might, I might give it a go just because it's Guy Ritchie. Me too. 
Yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued because I've I've seen in this acting stuff. Yeah, I want to know what he got. Guy Ritchie acting stuff. Is he? Am I thinking of another person? Yeah, probably so. Uh, Guy Ritchie directed Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels. Yes, Snatch. Snatch. Oh, um, okay. Sherlock Holmes. Yes. One and two. Yes. Uh, what oh, was the fuck. Rock and Roller? Was Rock the and Roller? Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of the who's the cunt that played uh, the guy in Memento. Um, oh. Um, uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Oh, okay, That's okay, what I was okay, okay. Got, yep. All right, Guy, Guy, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, 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 that was close right, enough. Solid. But yeah, no, this, this, this is Madonna's ex-husband. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. But that was that. That's it for television and movies. Short week. See what can you I, can. Can I see the the picture that's in for King Arthur? I'm curious about something. Yeah. What is every time that they make a King Arthur movie? They get like the most generic fucking like white guy looking in the. See, my problem is that I really invested my time in Sons of Anarchy. He's the main character. Oh yeah, it's Charlie. I'm only gonna see Jax the entire time I'm watching that movie. That's the problem for me. Yeah. There's like, ah man, like I want to see. Do you know the new Aquaman? uh, Broke. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jason Momoa. Jason Jason Momoa. Momoa, That's what I'm thinking of. I want to see Jason Momoa more stuff. I like his face. He's in a television show that I was watching. Oh, yes, on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's that weird... I, um, it's I like, can't think of the name. My, my, my girlfriend put it's me It's about on. like, a, like tra- fur trappers. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, it's, we, we talked about it on a podcast like last month or something mm-hmm. or whatever, but yeah, that's he's doing that. This guy is. I also find super interesting. I've never seen him. I've never seen Sons of Anarchy. Or anything like that. But that show is fucking it's awesome, bro. It's really good. Yes. It's also funny to see him if you've ever watched, um, not Freaks and Geeks, but the second one, the second sort of show that Judd Apatow did, no. starring Jay Baruchel when he was much younger in college. But Charlie Hunnam's in it, and he's very British and <laughs> plays this sort of like frat boy kind of guy. It's it's a completely different dynamic. That's awesome. And uh, there's another guy around called Broker Hearn. Brock O'Horn. He, O'Horn? Uh, he's an Australian guy. Mm. And I follow him on Instagram. And the guy's hot as fuck. All right. And I want to see him in a movie. And I don't What's know where do? to find him. Oh, he's just he, an Instagram model? He's a model right now. He's yeah. working on television, but all of his stuff is in pre-production at the moment. Okay. Like, or, or, or in production. And I'm upset that I haven't seen him in a movie yet, because I want to see that dude's fucking face. I mean, I got Brock a couple. O'Hearn. It sounds familiar. Yeah, Brock O'Hearn. I'll look him up. Uh, Has he been in, He hasn't been in anything yet, though? Not that I know of. Like, is this the dude with the man bun? Yeah, he's like really long golden hair. He looks like a like you know if when people say Adonis, yeah, he's like an Australian Adonis. Mm. He's just like tan gold. I think I think during like the whole man bun craze, like his picture yeah. oh, yeah. was like everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he I was an about. Instagram model. Like it's okay. was an Instagram model. Mm. Okay, but then he got a deal with television or something, and he's been working in film stuff for a while. Can he act? Uh, I don't know. He's had good luck, but I haven't I mean, seen him. I don't know. I mean, I mean, he might be okay to look at. But, Just because you, know. you look pretty. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean I want to watch you on screen. Yeah. Megan this, Fox. This fucking guy. <laughs> that's not who I was oh, thinking yeah, about. Megan yeah, Fox. He, look, he, he look, can't act for shit. He looks like Fabio. <laughs> he really he looks like a young Fabio. He, he's hot as shit. Oh. Uh, anyway, whatever. All right. That was my, that was my spiel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to close with? Uh, go see Guardians. It was, it was dope. Let's go. How about you, Rob? Game of Thrones comes out soon. Oh, what? Oh, hold shit. on. Hold up. Hold up. You just now dropped a bomb in the last 15-minute <laughs> segment talking about Game of Thrones. Whoa, now. All right. I'm a Game of Thrones junkie here, yes. and, and Bron refuses to watch the show. Wait, I'm why? just bad with television. I'm why? Just, I am bad with television. Get, get like, HBO Go. The form, Watch it. The format of... Well, it's not the thing because I got all the streaming services. Yeah, yeah he has it. The, yeah. the, the problem is like the format of television takes so much investment of my time. Yeah. 
that like whenever I sit down to watch a show, if I watch more than two episodes, I feel guilty because I've wasted. Like, I, didn't, I haven't wasted it, but it feels like I've wasted two hours. Not with Game of Thrones. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like I can't. I don't. I don't get on him about it because it's not just Game of Thrones. Like he's not watching any series. I haven't seen Fargo. He's not watching any. Series. I haven't seen Daredevil season two. Nothing. I haven't seen Iron Fist. You need Fist. to watch Daredevil season two for no, sure. No, you need to watch goddamn Game of Thrones. Anything, if anything, that's true. How, how, how do you think this is going to end? Who, who's going to take the Iron Throne? That's uh, you know, it's 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 really interesting. I don't know because I've read the first five books. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've read the books, you know that by midway through book two, they kind of it's changed. They diverge into yep. two different entities. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm just trying to think of what it could be. Yeah. Um, I really love the fact that they've confirmed the whole um, R plus L equals J theory, mm-hmm. and I really want to see a showdown between Jon Snow and Daenerys because it's essentially going to be nephew versus. Aunt yeah, at that point, yeah. which I think is going to be amazing. So you, you don't believe in the whole incest them coming together and no, I don't think that at all. I think they're going to go against Me either too. they're going to go against each other or they're or going to team, team up. up. Yes, and I think there's another, there's another theory that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen and not a Lannister because mm. the way he's described in the books, even though the show's a little different, he's actually described with more whitish hair hmm. than what his brothers and sisters all have, which is golden hair, hmm. and it even states that. Well, all, everybody, his um, Cersei and um, his father, tell him, you killed your mother. Yeah. So I don't know if that means that he was directly the cause of her death from birth. The birth, that's what I was assuming. Or if it has something to do with the fact that she got raped by a Targaryen or hooked up with a Targaryen and then Tywin, her, his father, got pissed off and killed her. Therefore saying his birth is what caused her death. Yeah. So there's a theory so that cuz here's the thing the Targaryen symbol is the three-headed dragon. Yep. If if Tyrion is the third Targaryen, that would make him, Jon, and Daenerys and the, three, the three heads of the dragon. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I either want them to come together or I want them to just fuck I think I think they're up. coming together and something <laughs> to add some fuel to uh to to that is um uh Tyrion was the only one that I've seen so far that's been able to have any kind of relationship with the dragons. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know the only one besides Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Wait, know? Tyrion can can chill yeah. with the dragons? Yeah, like he he went into he went into the dungeon where two of them, the two smaller ones, were locked up. They've been in there for God knows how long and is ready to destroy anything that they saw. And Tyrion was able to like coax them and talk to them and touch them and everything. Huh? Yeah. Which again, also I think gives them Targaryen blood yeah. at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy into that a little bit. Yeah. All right, solid. I, like I, that. I have no idea what anyone means. <laughs> Watch the show. <laughs> and you'll I, know. You, know, you know what's really funny? I have a hard drive that Sage gave me for my birthday. Yeah. That has all of season one through season. No, he has everything. He has every movie, every show. Like, don't don't get that twisted. He has it. I have it. I just it, it is. I will say this: is as, as, as someone who likes to talk about and discuss movies as much, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is beyond TV show and is movie level. Yeah. Well, that that's and that, and that's the thing, and that's why that's why I'm annoyed that it's in it's in a television format because mm-hmm. I I really want to watch it. Yeah. But like the fact that because it's it's in a television format, so you can spend three times as much time on one episode and you know sort of explaining and showing those tiny little details that you have to gloss over in a movie mm-hmm. so like it's on a movie level quality 
but the pacing is is so slow sometimes. Yeah, not, not really. At, at least in the first couple of episodes for me. Maybe the, like maybe the first season that. was kind of slow. The first, uh, yeah. but that's with most shows, even yeah. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad right? was first season. You yeah. gotta you gotta muscle through Breaking Bad and before for, for, you can really get yeah. into it. And yeah. and I don't know if it's like like a fault of me not in, not loving fantasy as much as I should, because mm. uh, I love fantasy elements, but I, like fantasy televisions, I've always left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's like the television format. But every time I try to watch Game of Thrones, I have to like like push through an episode mm. of Game of Thrones, and like that makes me not want to force through the other because I know that the series are amazingly cinematic, like, from season three onwards. They look amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, you can tell as each season goes, you can tell they've gotten more money mm-hmm. right. each season, and they're oh, able to yeah. do more like each the, time. Like, the last, I think, two seasons ago, or, like, one season ago, they had the whole Jon Snow fights an army thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, oh my God. That was so, an amazing that so scene. That's an amazing scene, but him storming upon mm-hmm. uh, Winterfell to take it back from Ramsay mm-hmm. is just, like... Yeah, it's mind blowing how they did. Like, it really is. Like, you think you're watching a movie, and especially yeah. if you've got a larger TV, yep. at least fifty inches or more. You hit the lights off. You turn that on. You hit the lights off, and you turn that on. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. So, like, I know the show looks amazing, and I want to invest the time to watch it, but I, I just can't sit down and watch an epi- two episodes of Game of Thrones a night. And, and, and like it, ma- it makes me sad. I need I need to like get like. I mean, it's gonna happen. Like yeah. seven years from now, you're gonna be you're gonna post a Facebook status. Why did nobody tell me Game of Thrones was so fucking awesome? Wow. I'm like I want to like like have some sort of like like gallbladder surgery mm-hmm. or like something that's not like life threatening. Yeah. So that I can just sit on on a. You just, what you need to do weeks. is you just need to wait till the, for like the slow season of movies when it's like yes. nothing yeah. really coming out and yeah. just binge it. Yeah. I think I think that's what I'm gonna have to do. Yeah. But uh, any, anyway, uh, Rob, thank you so much for coming. Oh, can, can you plug one time before you go? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, if, you, uh, if you like other podcasts, okay. you can go ahead and uh, check us out either on iTunes or SoundCloud. It's The Empire Geeks Back. Uh, if you also like to you know, be part of the nerdy, geeky community, you can search by the same name on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash The Empire Geeks Back. I'm on Twitter personally at That Guy Draws. You can find me there. Uh, I hit up a lot of comic conventions with my artwork. So. And his artwork is pretty fucking fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so, you know, uh, I'm actually coming up next week at Tidewater Comic Con in Virginia Beach. And then, you know, I usually list stuff on my page when I show nice. up. Nice. So. All right. right. And I will vouch the, the little Facebook group that we got going on. It's pretty fun. A lot of, lo- lot of good conversations happening there. Uh, I'm a lurker. I don't post anywhere, but that's it's, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Lurkers need to be part of something. So. Yeah. 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 I, I love that shit. Uh, and uh, for our normal routine, you can find us on Twitter underscore the FFS podcast. We are on Facebook at the FFS podcast. We are on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes podcast app under the name for film's sake. And fun fact that I found out last week, when you type for film in the search bar on iTunes, we are the first one that comes up. Who, who comes Ooh. up first when you type that in? I think it's us. For, for film's right sake. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So uh, if you don't have us on your thing, just for films, for films on mm-hmm. iTunes, and, and you'll that. find us. Just click, and yeah. we got you. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's it for today. Thank you guys uh, for listening, Rob. Thank you for coming. It was thank a great you episode. Me. It's been great. Uh, guys, actually watch Guardians of the Galaxy too. I know I give it a, a shitty review, but watch it. I think it's a, it's a good movie to watch. And uh, with that being said, that's it. Thank you for listening. Wait.